Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me here. Um, can we head over to your art station? That actually might be a nice thing to put that up so everybody knows where to find you. All right. Great. I have Moi with me um, who has produced some amazing tutorials uh, for Marmoset, I think is it was a breakdown, really. And that's what caught my attention. Um, and, uh, and some beautiful work you can see from her art station here. Uh, why don't we start with what you do? Uh, and right now, work assist at uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> That's great. What's a day look like for you when you walk in? What are you, what are you working on these days? Are you characters and Yeah, costumes? I have kind of a broad role as character artist. I do a bit of everything. Like uh, I do a lot of, of hands and I do a lot of animals as well. And yeah, like any, anything that, that's supposed to be alive, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. Are you yeah. doing um, realistic, stylized in, in the job itself? I know your work is, you know, you're, you've got the solid skills for realism, but. Oh, thank you. Um, I uh, I mean, like in a way out, it was kind of, it, it's somewhat realism, but not Really, it's like kind of stylized as well, somewhere in between. Because it's not super stylized, but it's not. not so yeah. I do that at work. Got it. How long have you been in the industry? I've been working at Hayslight for three years now, and that's my that's my <laughs> first job at a studio. I've done like a few smaller freelance for that, but but this like most of my experience. Great. You said about three years. Did I hear that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what got you into games? What um. You know, it's a male-dominated industry. What got you into it? <laughs> um, I really didn't do a lot of gaming, like, in yeah. my childhood, like, like a tiny bit. Um, mm -hmm. And then I got into, I was thinking of, I got interested in doing 3D, but I was more uh, thinking of doing it for, like, TV and, and commercials and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, so I started studying some 3D, and then I... I was like looking over at the people doing game art and I was like that looks fun so I should probably do that instead so uh, I started playing some games so and got into it, and then I started doing game art um, and it just but, went from there yeah yeah I just I, I was like I missed out on so much <laughs> I haven't I played games before <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> <laughs> usually usually people quit games we're like we're i'm yeah. seeing artists and they're like oh, i just don't have time you know that's a great way to that's a great shift uh yeah it's it's hard to like i had a lot of catching up to and uh, like at the same time i had a lot of 3d art to study as well so i mean it's mm -hmm. hard to it's hard to get the time to game it takes a lot of time but that's maybe that's why i prefer like shorter games <laughs> yes yeah uh so uh, like games that take an evening that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Then you get the immediate sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I first started playing Doom because I started games late too. I was a very fine art kind of guy, and um, I man, I remember playing Doom several nights, lying awake, kind of shaking myself to sleep because that was such a scary ass game. <laughs> and then my brother came in and played it, and he was like done with it in forty five minutes. And I was like, I he'd got past where I was in like five minutes and it took me like all night to even get there. It's like, all right, I'm missing something. Yes. Maybe, maybe you're right. You know, he was just going driving right for the uh the the boss. 
Um, so tell me about uh, what do you like about working in games, you know, and what I'm really looking for, what I'm fishing for, you know, in terms of the people that are here, I've got students um, that are looking to get there. And in this industry, you isn't guaranteed job placement like programming per se. Um, it does take some work. So what's at the end of this rainbow for you? Know, what do you like about it? Um, I mean, I love that it's super creative and, and I mean, of course, I love the process of 3D art, like I, I wouldn't art it otherwise uh, mm -hmm. and, and like getting to be creative every day uh, and uh, also like just the the colleagues, like you, you get into an industry and, and basically you know that uh, every single one of you will have at least one interest in common. Uh, so that that's kind of guarantee for having having pretty amazing colleagues and have had a lot of work. I mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. What what are some of the challenges? Um, well, I mean, I think that's for like every job. Like you, you, you put a lot of uh, you, you really like uh, stress stress yourself out a lot. Like you mm -hmm. compare yourself to others all the time, and mm -hmm. oh, there's always something new you you feel like you have to learn. Um, so so you can get like easy to get stressed out. Uh, I guess so. So it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. Like uh, having like. Uh, Taking care of yourself at the same time as you as you um, have a beer, like and do a lot of hard. Work. It's a lot to balance sometimes, but but usually it's mostly like because of of yourself, like putting a lot of uh, of uh, strain on yourself, like getting yourself to do better. I get that. Let's, if you don't mind, I'd love to unpack that a little bit more because yeah, sure. I think it's it's kind of one of the things that's not discussed a lot. What was that? It's just in an inter interview with someone, and they were they were talking about how Instagram is a great place to go to not feel good about yourself <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> and, I, and i was uh, i completely uh, empathize with that um how there's a dichotomy in artists we have to strive to be better because we are we are rewarded when we're better you get better jobs you get higher pay you get more choice but you know that pressure to be better sometimes gets toxic right and then I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of person you are too. Like some some people can just switch it off and be like, I'm home now. Now I don't have work. But but right. like at least for me, and I know many of my my friends who are artists as well. Like it's hard to it's hard to switch that off, and you feel like you have to work all the time because you'll feel like there's so much you have to learn. Yeah, uh, good enough for or whatever. <laughs> and there's new software, you know. There's new systems. Yeah. There's new. I yeah. mean. Mari, I was just in a conversation with um, people in my community, and they were they were um, talking about Mari and some of the new features that require a slight change in workflow. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's that's it. Like you, it doesn't end when when you you get your first job. Like you're not you're not done. Then you're you like that's just the beginning of of your learning process. So so you always like have to keep updating and learn new stuff to relevant. What do you do though to uh, to take care of yourself, right? To find that balance. Is there some strategy? Is there some something that you do when you come home, or is there something you do in the morning? I don't know if I'm that good at it yet, but mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I try to at least when when it comes to like working uh, at home on on my own projects. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to I've tried to limit it to like when I actually inspired and when I actually feel like uh, like it's fun because I don't want. Mm. Uh, I mean, I still do at least <laughs> I do eight hours a day at work and I learn a lot there as well. So. Um, so when I, I really, really don't feel like it, I, I tend to like other hobbies because that will also make my, my 3D work better, better when, yeah. 
I do it because I love it. <laughs> yeah, what other kind of uh, hobbies? Uh, I do a lot of well, gaming, as I said, <laughs> when I have yeah. time. <laughs> that fits and, in nice. Uh, yeah, and sewing, which helps me with my marvelous designer <laughs> sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah, and hang out with friends, stuff like that. Yeah. Has sewing and patterns, have you found that to be kind of um, a powerful tool? Because there's been a couple of my students that have come from that background uh, and their results have definitely been different. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think it helps. Um, I've seen a lot of people struggling with with this designer, like Mm -hmm. uh, struggling to get stuff to to fit well. And it is it is tricky, like especially if you have never sewn anything, because it is kind of similar, like how, how you do it. Um, and it can also like help to know marvelous to do actually as well. So, um, I, I think it really helps both both ways. That's fascinating. I remember back in the early days of ZBrush, it was kind of like it helped to sculpt to do ZBrush, but then you saw all these ZBrushers grow, and it became the opposite where it actually helped the ZBrush for you to actually sculpt. <laughs> the mediums kind of informed each other. I wanted to uh, dive into one of the pieces because I think the thing that um, really grabbed my attention was your breakdown. And uh, I think it's the one on the right. Is that correct? The uh, Sorry, the uh, left. Yeah. Yes. It's the breakdown on the right. still one, yeah. Okay, so there's a couple of things um, in this that were, you know, on my mind. One, this is personal work, right? Yes, it is. Now, if I, if I was interviewing an accountant, they would never say, oh, yeah, I come home and I do personal work. <laughs> Right? Hopefully just, not. <laughs> I just don't do that. I just do numbers for the hell of it. I have I have spreadsheet on my iPad and I just kind of crunch numbers. <laughs> um, how um how how much personal work do you put in? And and what I'm driving for here is not necessarily hours because I know a lot of things change, but it's just a sense of you know like you said when when you um, get that first job you're not done. You know, it's not like, hey, I got my first job, I'm done, and now I'm going to, like, hang out and have beer with friends. It's more like I'm just trying to help um, people understand what's the lifestyle like. Like, you got your job, you do your work, you do your eight hours at work, sometimes more, sometimes a little less. But then you come home, and in my experience, almost every artist that is successful, that stayed in the industry for a while, um, that I'm likely to interview, they've all done personal work. It's all a part of their lifestyle. At this. So how about how much, uh, how does personal work fit into it? Is it, are we talking like two hours a night? And I, and again, I, I'm not asking specific hours, but I kind of am. It's a little vague. I'm, asking. I'm, I'm just trying to understand the lifestyle. Like, is it, are you working on something every week? Do you take breaks? Um, I do. I do take breaks because uh, after I'm done with a project, I'm usually kind of, I don't know, I don't have any inspiration left. I like put everything into that and then I'm just done for a, for a little while. Uh, and then I do like other stuff and wait until the, the inspiration comes back, which I mean, it could be like a few weeks sometimes. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then I do pretty intense, like when I start out a new project mm-hmm. and then I can work like uh, every day for a while sometimes. Depending, depending on <laughs> what my life looked like right right then. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it's more of an emotional thing? Like you have to feel it? Sometimes. Uh, that's that's uh, the hard time, the hard thing juggling because every project has its down periods, right. like when it's not yeah. as fun. Because right. all of the, the things you do in a project are fun. Like it, it might not be fun. To, it might not be to do a low poly for, for your personal work or whatever. Right. Um, so, so I mean, some of it is just actually through it and just doing it. Um, but I try to make the stuff that I do at home, I try to make to, uh, stuff that I really 
want to do stuff I re- I'm really inspired doing and, and stuff that I'm a bit like stuff that I don't really know how to do maybe sometimes um, mm-hmm. the things that, that I haven't done before. So it's like exciting that I'm not sure how to do. I get that. A challenge. Yeah. So I guess that's how I, I try to think. What uh, inspired you for this piece? Um, was I think uh, I saw a picture of, of almost this exact lace. Yeah. Um, it was a photo. Um, and I was just like, oh, I wonder how you would do that in 3D. Um, and then I drew a quick concept. Like, I think I just copied the picture and drew on the picture <laughs> a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Uh, and then I, I just uh, went with it. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's I, so just for, so from the lace alone, <laughs> that's where it went. And then you got the image and then the coronation. The whole idea came from that, huh? Yeah. I, I, don't, I love that. I'm not sure where the <laughs> you <laughs> feel of it, but uh, I just kind of developed naturally from the lace somehow yeah and was it a technical challenge it was the lace that was kind of intriguing to you yeah that was the the part that was most like i i'm not sure how how i would do this in a in a good way um so yeah that was the that was the far, part that was uh, like interesting to me and then i mean it's always i i haven't done that much hair either so that was also part of it that i wanted hair and i wanted to a little bit of motion in it mm-hmm. uh, yeah and how did you make the lace is it um marvelous is it sculpted i, I think you've got some breakdowns uh, yeah, right below this yeah uh so i was like looking at the picture for a mm-hmm. for a, a while and like analyzing it and like how would i do it in the best way mm-hmm. uh, so i decided to split it up into parts and have one tiling part, uh, one part that uh, is uh, um, baked down to uh, a shell, and one mm-hmm. part that is meshed because it had to be double-sided. These big leaves had to be double-sided. To be able to so, see through? And so, oh, actually, they lift off the surface, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they, they to, to be to look good from every angle, and I wanted them to have some thickness as well. I didn't want them to bake them down completely to planes. Right. Yeah, so that's how I decided to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shell two is baked onto shell one. Uh, there are two shells, shells. Two separate. Two separate shells. Okay, so uh, shell. As you can see in this picture. <laughs> yes. Okay, and then uh, in terms of the um, that top piece, I think was it shell three? No, uh, mesh uh, leaves. Uh, yeah. I didn't really <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you these are uh, sculpted in ZBrush, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I did, yeah. I, I, I made, I drew like some quick alphas in Photoshop uh, of the mm-hmm. silhouettes, and then mm-hmm. I just from planes sculpted them. Yeah. Can we see that? Can we see that workflow? Because there's a, there's a, a, there's, it goes through five stages. Uh, this one you right mean this here. One? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this gif is kind of quick though. <laughs> yeah, that's fine though. But it starts out. Um, so for those people who aren't necessarily watching this, um, it starts out. You're drawing. It look. You're drawing a pattern inside Photoshop. Uh, yeah, I just made that black and white. Obviously. Okay. Right there, I think some people might get intimidated and be like, well, I got to find the right pattern, right? And they'll spend hours online trying to find the right ornamented pattern. Yeah, I've done. <laughs> yeah. What made you uh, not do that here, you know? And, and I'm asking because, I mean, this is one of the hardest things I have as a teacher is getting my students to push on momentum as opposed to push on you know, the resistance and push on being prepared because, you know, being prepared is great, but at the same time, you got to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's always, I, I feel that's always a struggle when you like, maybe when you see a tutorial or something and you're like, I want to do something like this. Yes. Uh, and then you have to find out what, 
what what exactly that is instead of like having an ID first and, and making right. it. Uh, because that's like I if if I would have decided to make any sort of lace and wouldn't I, uh, I would have also like spent hours looking for uh, now I, I I was lucky and, and saw the picture first and was inspired mm-hmm. by that so I already knew what what pattern I wanted to make so um, uh, I I don't really know a way to come around that if if you like a cool way to make lace or uh, yeah. and you want to make lace I I mean they'll kind of have to the the reference link I mean of course you have to do that if you if you want to make that kind of thing so I, I'm not sure how to get around that all right and maybe that's not I mean you know part of it is this is just our path you know but um, when you got to the point where you saw the image uh, you pull you didn't you pulled something together quick in Photoshop and you know I I like to emphasize with um, people that process is really what's important. We have a saying at the school that mastery is not magic, it's just process. If you know the processes that the masters use, then you're, you know, you'll be the master as soon as you kind of internalize that. Um, So if I look at this, I see like, you know, this is a six step process. Paint it in Photoshop, you bring it into ZBrush and in ZBrush, it looks like you extract it via an alpha or you just um, paint it. Yeah, it's probably uh, masked on there or something where you then extract it. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. I just uh, like threw on the um, the uh, on it like uh, use use an alpha as a as a mask, and then mm-hmm. I just polygrouped it. And okay, yeah, fair enough. All right. Yeah. So if you got a mask, you can just um, edge loop masked border or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then once you've got that, then you uh, did you extrude it a little bit inside of ZBrush so you had some depth? Looks like you did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then what's this topology phase? Is that um, done inside of Maya or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did the high poly, the whole high poly for for the liters, uh-huh. uh, and then I did the low poly immediately and and uh, and baked it, uh, and then I and then I placed the low poly because I had to uh, like form these as well, like bend them. Right. To, yeah. Yeah. Did you just use ZBrush for bending them? I used uh, both Maya and ZBrush. I think I used okay. uh, uh, like a deformers first to get mm-hmm. the basic shape, and then I I tweaked it. What about the um, shell two? Uh, it's fitted, so the, then there's a ton of ornamentation. So what was the process yeah. for that? Was that just painted onto a shell itself, or how did you get that? No, I I, I sculpted every like every I oh, I yeah. sculpted every of the of the lace. Um, uh-huh. So I I just looked at the the, um, the lace and. Uh, got down like what pieces do I need okay I need these five pieces right. uh, and then I just uh, uh, did high poly of them and I uh, decimated them because mm-hmm. and then I I placed I actually placed all of them on the onto the high poly uh, how I figured I would get like the best result I think mm-hmm. yeah how'd so you place them insert mesh or yeah I just made a, a mess all of my pieces uh, got it yeah now when you're doing this, this is one of the things I think happens a lot is um, with people who are with students and with us artists. I'll say it this way. Isn't there an easier way to do this than having to place them by hand? Yeah, I, I often question <laughs> that too. <laughs> do I really have to do all of this? <laughs> but at this... You know, but what I was what I was getting at with that is, at the same time, you know, I think that the whole manual approach is underestimated, and that you know, if you do a push on momentum, the idea is is just it's sometimes it's easier to manually. Yeah, I mean, I could probably have done this like with doing some height maps in them, and uh, mm-hmm. it probably would have worked out too. Uh, right. But I mean, both approaches works, but both approaches in time, I think. So. Um, right. I mean, it's depending on 
both I think both both would so uh, and I think both would take some time. Probably this is uh, a little bit more lengthy uh, than the other, but I also thought uh, that it might look a bit better. Um, yeah, I like this. I like to um, like this to me is sexy in the sense of like when people see this, they see the high res. This is a sexy presentation. Um, <laughs> And it really, because I remember back in the day, there was something when I was still working at Pixelogic, and uh, somebody posted, I forget what it was, is they posted these pair of jeans on ZBrush Central. And it was from some game. I think it was from uh, one of Naughty Dogs. And they posted um, these jeans that had these, like, they had the actual jean texture in it. They had the fibers and little bits of fibers coming out where the jeans had worn away. And we all looked at that at um, at the office. And like, oh, my God. This didn't even know the software could go that high and do that. <laughs> and, uh, and that was like, that was, everybody loved it. It's very sexy. People love to see geometry. Um, not necessarily you know, hey, here's how I save time, but here's here's some beautiful geometry. And, you know, I really took time and sculpted this. And um, But as artists, we have these competing uh, focuses where you do have to optimize, but yeah. you do have to produce something for your portfolio that attracts attention, right? Yeah. What do you think is the priority for somebody who's starting out? Do we have to present ourselves as though we can optimize or do we need to focus on the, you know, the, the sexy, the geometry, the, the cool? I don't know. I mean, I think it's different depending on who you ask. Um, mm -hmm. I I tend to look more at, at like, uh, the actual stuff that you, you did, like, how, like, details and, like, what, what you tried to, to make here, what, what was inspiration uh, right. or something that looks really cool. I mean, of course, it, it's always, you have, you have to make game ready asset in the end, but uh, I think it's more important to focus on on the artistry uh, in the beginning, and like learning to optimize uh, is something that that, that y you will learn eventually. <laughs> like, yeah, of course you have to know the basics, but you don't have to. I don't think I don't think that you have to focus, um, on that firsthand. Uh, Got it. I like yeah. that. You're not the first person to say that. Story, artistry. Um, is incredibly important to the conversation. I mean, you have to make some piece that really pops, something that that people remember and cool. And I mean, if if it looks bland, it won't matter if it has like topology if it's really optimized. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what about um, realistic skin? The skin that you did is awesome, beautiful, uh, and I think it's one of those things where um, artists have a moment to really shine uh, if you can do realistic skin because it's not a hundred percent yet like it's it marmosets definitely made it easier than you know going into unreal and doing all that stuff there um but then mar unreal's made it easy in that they just provided a model a entire set so but still it's a place where people can shine oh uh, yeah. how do we get that quality what are the kind of the things that you look for when you're focused on 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 skin what's the like the the big thing that helps sell it um, I think uh, the thing that people had problem with, and me as well, is mm -hmm. like the getting the right uh, like roughness and shine in the face, and not totally. too much, because yeah. I see a lot of really really glossy <laughs> faces, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and it's easy to go overboard with it. Um, uh, so 
that's something to really look at, I think, and something to be careful about and really like spin your light around and see how it looks and lighting. Cause that is like what, what really, really sells, sells it in the end, I think. Right. Um, also see a lot of like, um, too much subsurface, like making the, this really like waxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is also a really easy mistake to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's two major things I would focus on. Roughness and subsurface. Yeah. Do you, you keep the subs- with those. <laughs> okay. And you keep the subsurface kind of uh, low, like in Marmoset, um, you know, assuming you've got your scene scale set up properly, is your subsurface set at like one or 1. 1.5 or, or lower? Or... Oh, I don't my head right now. I okay. usually just test it out. Like you have to, you have to get every. Do, do you have an example of your roughness map? Because I think that's one of the things that confuses people the most. I don't know if it's on your computer or <laughs> it probably I'm sorry to throw that right at you. <laughs> it's one of those things where I think it makes a difference if we'll see it. I mean, I know it can be modulated by the specular, and I know you can modulate the roughness, but um, for example, some people put pores into their roughness channels, people don't. Yeah, I I think I've done both. I think I might have done some <laughs> putting stuff. It's um. You're you're in a room full of artists. You're very safe here. <laughs> you guys do not want to see my hard drive, and I run a business, and I do. It's not my accountants do not like me. <laughs> I feel like I do it extra much when I'm at home and doing my own stuff. Oh yeah, well, of course. I you know, to, I don't have to do this probably. I don't have to put anything. <laughs> <laughs> you resist extra much. <laughs> Got it. I actually can't find out. Sorry. <laughs> okay, not a worry. Not a worry. So I guess the, we can ask the questions because you say sometimes you put it, the pores in your roughness, sometimes you don't. I mean, I'm still, uh, I'm still like, I, I'm still as well. I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. uh, what is the the best way to do it. Yeah. Um. So I usually, I, I feel like I'm still trying a lot of stuff out. <laughs> so, Got it. Yeah. Now you also deal with post processing. I think that's one of the things that um is important. And in, in 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 that post itself, you actually show a before and an after, right? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. It is. <laughs> like a, a different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I really think that, that it's good to have a look at because it can really, really take your work, uh, a long way to just change some of the settings and play around with that. Yeah. Um, cause a lot of people do really cool things, but they don't put enough time on the presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the presentation is what, what can, it can really, really like sell your project in a way. Uh, and the, and that and the, the light, the light as well like really put, put time in presenting it because you put all of that time in it and like you'd really do it properly when, you, when you're going to show it off. Yeah, I think Marmoset's curves are really um, un, underutilized because uh, I think yeah. if I remember the post down below this is actually where you document the curve behavior. Is it the curve you're adjusting? Yeah. 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 Small, small adjustments, although you're, you're adjusting yeah. the, uh, the channels as well. Uh, yeah, tiny bit. Yeah, um, I think it was really helpful in the curves. It's really uh, easy to get like get these blown out lights. I think. Mm-hmm. In my, yeah. So really, really help with that. When you do the lighting, I know I'm asking a lot of tech questions right now, but um, <laughs> when, when you do the lights. Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm just in this industry, Ryan. What are you doing to me? <laughs> We're uh... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. okay. Try my best. Okay, thanks. Um, it, in terms of the lights, do you, 
and do you establish like a width? Do you worry about the width of lights? Do you have anything specific that you do in lights that's kind of important to you or no? I mean, lighting is really something that I find very hard. Thing that um, I'm constantly like every time I've I've made with the the lighting and it takes takes a long time to get like where where I want to go. Um, so I don't think I have a like setup that I mm-hmm. uh, I usually just. I, st- I still feel like I'm 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 tr- I'm I'm new every time I do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It's like oh my god, how how do I do this? <laughs> Why the terrible? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I have to read like every time. But what what really helps like like looking at always a lot of references like photo photo reference like mm-hmm. how how uh, photographers take their do their lighting because it's basically the same. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that's a great point too, because it's easy for us to forget, you know that. In when we're making 3D, like there's so much technical overhead. We're like, okay, finally, I got some. I got the lips to actually look like lips, <laughs> and then the texture, you know, and I understand substance painter. And then we forget at the end of the day, it's a photograph you're taking. You know, it's like it's an image, and yeah. you still have the artistry. You know, those photographers, you might, you know, you might think of them as oh, they just snap a picture. But they craft the light, they craft the shadow, they get that shadow to be the right way. You know, there's a lot of artistry to it, a lot of a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah, um, it's it's a whole like it's it's whole whole own thing. <laughs> like it's a lot to learn, like to do really really portrait lighting. So, but but there are a lot of good like references and and you can look at like how how photo- photographers set up their lighting and like the exact same thing. That's, that's how I usually do it. Like I, I search for really good photos, the kind of light that I want, and then I try to, to make that. Great. You know, along, along those lines, and we'll move away from the technical stuff now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always, I mean, the next potential technical thing we talk about is hair, but I mean, that's like, that's a big, um, <laughs> the, uh, this industry, you have to learn a lot of software, right? And, um, and we have to learn it, and then we have to do it as artists. So we have to have some capacity with it. We have to have some ability um, with it. Uh, so along those lines, you know, you've been in the industry um, three years now, and you've trained for a few years before that. Uh, what do you think people need to focus on? Let's just imagine character artists right now. What do they need to focus on to help position themselves, not just for today, but also for the future, right? And and what I'm thinking about here is. Uh, there are people I know and friends that, let's say maybe five years ago, maybe maybe a little bit more, they missed the whole substance revolution, you know, and they, yeah. they stayed as digital sculptors. And in some cases, because they missed substance, they kind of got, they kind of got, you know, not aged out, but they got technologied out of the yeah. industry because they just did not adapt, right? It's like ZBrush came around and I saw entire uh, teams of traditional sculptors you know, be laid off. And so it's important to me that we're always looking forward. So uh, Marmoset, Unreal's done some amazing stuff and they're, and they're pushing, you know, realism and, and all of that. But what is it do you think character artists should be focused on to just make sure that they're, you know, they're a job candidate for the next year or so? I mean, uh, in the in the base of it, it's still really like about about ability, having mm-hmm. really good shapes. Um, it's just that now you have to learn even more programs <laughs> if you fabric, you have to all that. I think a mistake I've seen some focus in on just one thing that they think is the most fun or the the easiest thing to start with, and like only making a few uh, like head sculpture mm-hmm. uh, and not looking at the whole picture, the whole character. Mm-hmm. But but I mean I think still like having skills is still essential. 
Right. Um, yeah, the yeah. basic language. Um, uh, do you think substance designer is important for character artists? I mean, it it might be. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to learn uh, design as well. I mean, I'm I'm I created it, and I don't think uh, don't think it's something that be that much yet uh, as character art. But right. I think we I think it's an awesome program, and I, I'm I'm really excited to like really dive into. Yeah, we had um we had Pauline in um. Oh, she... <laughs> she is amazing, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. And it's specifically around that idea of fabric. And she did a demo for the students. Uh, and at the end of the demo, she uh, showed, if I remember correctly, she showed a koi pond that was totally done in Substance Designer. Fish, the whole thing. Insane. <laughs> it, it's nuts. Yeah. It just blows me away what's happening. Because, you know, so much, I mean, I, I remember doing tutorials on bricks, tileable bricks. Like yeah. in 2006, it, it when I worked at Pixelogic, and that's like you know it's like 13 years. And I remember doing these tileable tutorials, and we were like, oh, you use the pixel and you use the canvas, and you could tile from left to right, and it's all this stuff. And uh, and I didn't pick up Substance Designer until like a couple of years ago. And man, it's like that's like caveman era to do it ZBrush style. Uh, there's yeah. so many things you can do today. It's grown yeah. so much. Uh, I'm actually doing like a, uh, it's just in the planning stage, but that's my next focus, actually do mm -hmm. some designer work, yeah, trying to do fabric and designer or about how, how I can use that. Ah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I'm excited to see what that opens up for character in terms of costume. Yeah. Because uh, there's so many things that can be a pain with sculpting. And, and along those lines, there's still, a lot of people still have problems going from Marvelous to ZBrush. Um, do you have any tips for people that are going and dealing with that, like how they get the the mesh to transition, the high res, all that, the high res out of it, all that stuff? Um, I do have, I've tried out a new, no, it's not new. I think there are some plugins. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. No, no, it's not so much ZBrush. That's for substance. Um, in the community, yeah, but I can't remember the name right now. Do you remember the name? No, I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is All really right. bad advice. <laughs> there is a plug-in that you should use. <laughs> you know, though, if somebody else was hearing this, they'd be like, yeah, that is bad advice. But the thing that you have to keep in mind and is there's so many freaking plugins. There's so many pieces of software. You know, yeah, there's yeah. this is so process laden of a system and there's like a tiny plugin that helps you with this tiny part of your workflow. Um, and it's like that too. Like it, sometimes I have a, a period at work where I, when I don't really use like some of the softwares for a, for a while, like for even months sometimes. Yeah. And then oh, like, yeah. when you open it up again, like it, <laughs> you don't remember everything. Um, no, I'm just in a push right now to really help uh, students understand Houdini and explore that for the environment side. And it's like, I'll go into sculpting the face and then I go to Houdini. So I'm in ZBrush and then I'm in Houdini. And then I'm, sometimes I'm, if weekend hits and I'm just with the kids for two days and then Monday comes around and I get into Houdini and it's like, what was that node? Where's that yeah. thing? What's that called? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, Matthew's asking, um, so the underlining lace, that's the sh uh, shell one, I think. Um, yeah. That is uh, a texture map? Yeah, that's actually from, I think it's from Subst okay. uh, some kind of lace that uh, they have there. Um, okay. And I basically just edited. Great. All right. So that's actually just a substance material then? Yeah. Great. Uh, so it is substance, Matthew. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, get some questions out. If you want, now is a perfect time to get some questions out for you. 
Um, Moa is in uh, Sweden, so she's in a different Sweden or Switzerland. Sweden. <laughs> do, do people mix mix those up all the time, or what? Or is it just American? Uh, yeah, mostly. <laughs> mostly Americans. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my wife. I used to live in Finland. I lived in Finland um, oh. for a little bit up in Roven Yemi, oh, okay. um, which is Santa's village, I guess. That's like their claim to fame. Yeah. Uh, and Lord knows they're far enough up there where that, that I can believe it. Uh, and um, it, you know, e even when I was there, I still got confused, you know, which one's the banking capital and which one's the. <laughs> um, <Come> so on, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Uh, uh, so uh, tell me about the industry, about working in Sweden. Is that, is there, are we thriving in there? What's, is it hard to get a job? Do people, um, need to move around and is Sweden part of the, it's all EU up there. So you guys are, you have some flex, right? Yeah. It might be easier to like move around between countries because, mm -hmm. um, I think the, the gaming industry is pretty big in Sweden now. Uh, we have a, a lot of big end game companies mm -hmm. um but it is kind of a, a, a fast industry, you know uh some years are good and some years are suddenly terrible like depending on what games get released and how how the sales go um so i mean right now i think it's going really well and it's uh, pretty time to um mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not super hard at least <laughs> right yeah is there a particular focus like is it character or is environment or is there any or is it just all kind of relatively um i think that actually i've been looking at a lot of uh, on the students that that went to the same schools as i did mm -hmm. years ago uh yeah. and i think the character have had a, a really like easy time to get jobs actually yeah. and i think it's been a environment lately but i don't i i think it might be so many <laughs> got it yeah that's actually interesting that i've experienced something similar in the boot camps uh where we have a slight increase in the character artists getting jobs yeah which kind of goes against you know what everybody's said you know yeah. i always tell the story of one of my somebody i interviewed once told me the story of his teacher, some teacher at college who said, you have a better job, a better chance of getting into the NFL, the, nas the national, than, um, than becoming a character artist. Um, yeah. That's what they said, right? And that's what I'd always heard, but I'm looking at my students and, you know, character arts is it if you, if, but you do have to hit a certain threshold. And I guess that's the big question yeah. is what's that threshold? Yeah, that's the trick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, I was told that as well. Like my whole uh, do that, like, and I was I was almost thinking of, of maybe uh, trying to be an environment artist instead, even though I, I only felt like I, I wanted to do character. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really glad I didn't <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> um, yep. But right now it's looking like kind of, bad advice <laughs> yeah that's pretty great um yeah. do you go to any events uh out there in europe because i know there's a couple of game events uh conferences conventions whatever they're called uh, i know there are some things happening even in stocks but i have sadly <laughs> yeah not you know we're all interested i actually never uh, yeah. leave the <laughs> beach i avoid leaving i'm an hour from la and i don't care what's happening in la i'm just not going <laughs> you can't get me up i live on the hill i'm quite fine where i'm at you guys can come. Can I bring my computer? <laughs> yes, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, Wilson was asking about the hair carts. So we don't yeah. need to get too deep into that. But uh, how? So there's a couple of things because <laughs> it's such a big question. It's like in hair. So if you ask, so what Wilson's saying is, how long does it take to do those hair carts? And that's like, you know, how long did it take for me to be a decent artist? It's like there's a million things underneath that that are important, like 
developing yeah. the guides, developing the texture. And do you have stuff and assets that you've developed before where you're just doing the cards? But maybe you can talk to us a little bit about the hair cards in your process and what to expect. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, the the main thing about uh, some hair, um, I... I I had a like a, that that was my my biggest fear and like struggle as well. Uh, yeah. I thought it was really hard and I like had no idea how to even approach it uh, in the yeah. beginning. So yeah. um, for a while I just sat down and did did a few hairstyles. Like I did all of these like uh, in a row um, mm-hmm. and I think maybe some more even that that is not here um, just to 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 test it. Um, and both in in Unreal and in in Marmoset. Um, I mean, it's a it's a it's a long process. You have to you have to learn like a really specific workflow for for hair. Um, yeah, we can actually see the evidence of your process. So you've got the the um the bald dude. We are like screw hair. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. In the brush, and then and then we have the I've sculpted some hair. And then we have, I'm not going to do hair because this guy is a mask. <laughs> and then I got away with it again. Yes. <laughs> Maybe she just wears a lot of fabric on her head instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, did you, do you think that um, people have to do hair today to be a candidate for a job in the, uh, in the industry? Do you think it's a I required mean, skill or no? I think it's good to have something i mean it's good to show that you've done a a little bit of everything and especially that you're interested in doing all of all of the work like because if if you have if you if you show like none none you you don't have any hair at all and you or you don't have any clothing at all it it kind of looks like you don't want to do it and that you don't want to even try (laughs) right you know yes that's how i feel about it at least so it's better to have a good character and, and even if you haven't figured out the hair completely and it doesn't look like perfect uh, I, th- I still think that that might be better than, than not doing it at all yeah yeah that's a great that's a great point to at least try and let yeah. people make their own decision when they see your portfolio you just make sure that you've got some effort in yeah and i'm i mean yeah you can have you can like more than one piece but it's good that you at least show that that you you started the process of of learning it and that you're interested in learning it yeah awesome all right well thank you um so much for uh, for spending the time with us and sharing your wisdom and uh, and for the talk i really enjoyed it yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys, you know where to find her. It is artstation.com forward slash M-O-A Alfreds. You can see it all yeah. right there. She's a character artist over at Hazelight. Make sure you give her a follow. And um, any last tips for people looking to get into the industry in Europe? Europe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, just like... At least what what halted me the most was listening to to uh, people saying that that some things are too hard to do or like yeah. you you sh- maybe you should do this instead this is what you should really do like uh, and worrying about that but what really helped me to get better was just doing what uh, inspired me and like really what what made me want to do it in the first place just doing the things that that I actually think is uh, is fun yeah uh, so like don't for, forget about that just because someone said like <laughs> you should probably do this instead that's great um, follow the fun a little bit <laughs> <laughs> all right Moa, thank you so much lovely to meet you thank you all right take care guys thanks for being here take and care. Uh, bye yeah as always let me know what you guys think in the community all right take care see you take care time. bye
All right, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I wanna ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.